Hello and welcome to the Guys Like Us podcast. This is your host, Tyler Brondike. And today I'm joined with Morgan Snyder, who is a strategist, entrepreneur, teacher, writer, and speaker. So stay tuned. Welcome back, everyone, to the Guys Like Us podcast. This is your host, Tyler Brondike. So glad to have you on the other side of this podcast. If you're a new listener, thanks so much for checking us out. I know that you're in for a treat. If you've been tuning along for some time now, welcome back aboard. You are also in for a treat. Um, And for those of you who do not know Morgan Schneider, this is a podcast with Morgan Schneider. He is part of the Ransom Heart Ministries uh, with John Eldridge, who we've had on a few times, and is just fresh off his latest book release, Becoming a King, The Path to Restoring the Heart of a Man. And so we break down um, this book, and it starts by him um, really reaching out and connecting with what he calls, calls sages, which are just older, wiser men whom he has a high regard for. And I know a lot of us might be familiar, um, obviously John Eldridge, Dallas Willard, um, and plenty of other folks who have who have shaped um, the, the spiritual life um, of Morgan and for so many others. And so I'm super excited for this episode. We break down um, the the, I would say issue, but it's not an issue. It's only an issue if we make it an issue in um, God entrusting us with power. And there is such a way to be entrusted and be empowered that is for the kingdom um, and builds strong character and, and godly men. And so I'm really excited and know that you'll benefit from, from this episode. So without further ado, here's my conversation with Morgan. Morgan, thanks so much for joining me in the Guys Like Us tribe. Yeah, Tyler, great to be with you guys across the country. Um, I guess you're in Boston today, and I'm in Colorado, and and wherever the tribe is all around, uh, it's really good to pause and get to connect as men. Mm, Thank you. Yeah, absolutely. And um, just really excited in this time where we're, I feel like I'm definitely needing to pause a lot more. Um, I definitely just want to yeah, hear, hear a lot more about your journey and kind of wh- where you are now. But um, just to kind of orient our listeners, would you would you mind just sharing a little bit more about your your background, um, you, you know, some of your childhood and just kind of how you've uh, how your faith has developed over the years to this place now where you're on the uh, on the edge of of releasing uh, a book? Sure. Yeah, I think for some context, Tyler, um, it might be helpful for this tribe. Um, I was born into a family, a suburban world, Western Pennsylvania. My dad grew up very poor. Uh, He grew up an only child. His dad came from 11 orphanages. He was passed around in foster care. Mm. And uh, when my dad was eight years old, um, his family went bankrupt and they came to him for his change jar. And he save the family with his money. Mm. And so that's really in some ways where my story started as my understanding goes, at least the geography of my soul's being formed as a man. My dad saved the family and Mm. was able to purchase three bus tickets at eight years old for him and his parents. They moved to Florida and he fell in love with the ocean and wanted to be a marine biologist. Um, 
but marine biologists don't make a bunch of money. And what he learned in the soul of a little boy turned man overnight is I am loved when I provide and I'm specifically loved when I provide financially. And so he became a, a physician, hmm. um, closest thing to a marine biologist with a bigger paycheck and provided very generously to four children hmm. and had a lot of love in his heart. Um, but that piece of my story is interesting because though there was a lot of love, he wasn't there. Um, he wasn't there at all. Um, yeah. uh, and when he was, he was very tired um, and very quiet. And so to go into my story is to see a boy that's passionate, that's achievement-oriented, that's always rallying people around some cause, whether it's night games and capture the flag in mm. third grade. Um, but the question for the boy went unanswered. The mm. question's deeper of, do I have what it takes? Am I a real boy and will I become a real man? There was a lack of initiation. There was a lack of someone taking me into a masculine world. And so the short of it in the in pieces to capture soul in the context of this po podcast, I grew up in a loving family, but without God family. There was no context of faith. Hmm. And I came to a personal crisis at the end of high school. I had won the game. I had, had you know, 4.23 JPA and president of my class and I'm going to a prestigious university had beautiful girlfriend. I won the game and I lost my soul. Hmm. And I remember Tyler looking in the mirror the night before I went to college and seeing a soulless man. I remember thinking, it's fascinating. If I die tonight, I have nothing to say to God. I've won every competition. I have succeeded. I have achieved. And I am empty inside. I've used people and I've been faking it. And so I went to college and had a, a radical conversion to Christ um, over a couple years, and it was beautiful and it was true. But what came out of that was a man who had a faith in God, who was still a boy in his soul and still deeply uninitiated. Mm -hmm. And so the story of the next 25 years of my life was taking the journey of a maturing Christian man that had to go back into his story and mm. go through a process of being a son mm. to God as a loving father and being a boy in the company of men that provided the on-time maturation process that would allow me over time through experiences and conversation and prayer and failures to become more and more wholehearted, to become the kind of person that can walk in true intimacy with a loving powerful father and to become the kind of man that God can entrust with more and more of the care of his kingdom. And so a lot of that happened in the context of Colorado mm. and became, got married and have been raising two children. I have two wild teenagers in my home that I'm hiding from right now in my garage. And what I can say is my life in God is the epicenter of my reality. It's a living, vibrant faith that's always in process that keeps me on the frontier of my masculine of my masculine initiation and the passion of my life is to share with other younger men what i have received and am receiving as i walk with older men and walk with god as a father mm. thank you for 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 sharing that that's that's incredibly helpful and 
Um, I think one one thing that I'm really hearing is the the need and just um, yeah the value of understanding what a loving father um, looks like, does, is, and um, I know that that's something that you've you've been focusing on in this path of of manhood and becoming a man. Um, can you kind of talk about? I, I want to dig into the to the book in a little bit, but maybe some of the biggest uh, understandings that you've come to um, of, of what God, the father looks like and how that actually impacts our life as men. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I just want to be sensitive to is every person listening to this podcast, they are in their world, right? They are embedded. It's either they're on a run right now, hopefully on a trail and not on concrete or a treadmill, but most of us are right. They're in the car, yeah. um, binging on a piece of content between two other demands. They are mostly hmm. in a hurry. And one of the things I've learned about the father is, uh, as hmm. A.W. Tozier says, he waits to be wanted. He is so pa- patient, and he is often quiet when we are busy. And so he's so generous. He's so generous, Tyler, and he's so patient. Uh, but I think what I would say hmm. is the soul aches for a father. And the reason why I kind of frame it as everyone's hurried and busy hmm. is it's hard to get there. The, there's access points that come. And so my invitation to our friends that are listening is I would just invite you just slow down a bit, wherever you are right now. Just slow it down. Slow down your step. Slow down your cadence. Slow down your breath. And hmm. just be curious with us for a moment of, how do you remember how your soul aches for a father? And it's often not directly. It's often the symptoms. Hmm. We look at things in our life like the feeling of being behind, the feeling of needing to achieve, to build something, to build a bank account, to build a reputation, to, to get something going. And we can't even name the something sometimes, but we just get busy building. And we turn to things, uh, less wild lovers, as Eldridge would say, things that um, look to, to speak to the ache. And the medicine, they're all medicators. They're all med- right? The Scottish proverb says, you speak often of my drinking, but little of my thirst. Hmm. Uh, to talk about the father is to talk about the thirst. And the soul aches for a father. And so... Hmm. As long as we live, Christian or not, this has not as much to do with our our beliefs as far as a simply our doctrinal statements. Hmm. Dallas Willard said actions reveal beliefs 100% of the time. I'm talking about the truest beliefs of your soul based on how you live. Hmm. So long as we have a view of reality that is not centered on the abundance and the personality and the intimate care and connection with a father, fundamentally life is up to us. And when life is up to us, whatever story we live, no matter how heroic it is, no matter how sacrificial it is, it still is a small story when we are the epicenter. But when we come to risk receiving God as a father, there's a shift, Tyler, and it begins with the weight coming off our shoulders. It's not up to us. Mm-hmm. We, we, we begin to experience something like we are on time. We begin to experience a new reality where scarcity gives way to abundance. Mm. And 
where we experience God is the initiator as our dad, and we, our first action is to respond to the love of a father. And so it's, it's, it literally changes everything. Um, yeah. Yeah. So much more to say, but I want to stop there and let, let you respond, react. Where does your, where does your soul go as you hear that? Yeah, no, I think that's really good. And I think what I've been thinking about more recently, and it's just really helped me understand, um, as a, as a human responding to God as God's first love. And I think understand. And so I think for me, and as you have mentioned, um, I, I'm someone who's a, who's an achiever who likes to, to, to know when things are done. And, and as soon as something is done, I'm ready to build the next thing. I, funny enough, I just built a, a raised bed garden in, in the back of my yard, um, just to, to do something. And I think, Regardless, I've been really kind of praying and processing about this time in particular, being in, being in this, uh, for me, being in a pretty quarantine atmosphere, not having a lot of contact um, with other people or my day-to-day kind of routine. And I think the initial thought was that this is going to force me to slow down, um, but it didn't. It didn't force me. The circu- not at all. The outside circumstances did not force me to slow down. I had to choose, and I had to really be intentional um, about setting aside that time to setting aside margin in my day to to journal, to just to pause as as we've been as we've been talking about. Um, and and I found that really interesting because my initial kind of thought was okay. Let's let's get going. Uh, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll this will be a great time to slow down. Um, but I've been trying to actually fill my fill my life with more things, and I feel like you yes. know, part of me is trying to control when I kind of do start to establish into more of a routine. Did I actually miss the season that I was supposed to be in? Um, yes. And so I that's yeah. a long that's a long response there, but no, it's it's a good response because what it demonstrates is you are becoming more and more aware of the interior landscape of your soul, right? We have to become curious. Tozer said curiosity is a sign of an alive soul. And and one of my friends, one of my mentors framed it this way that was really helpful. He said it this way, the problem with vacation is I go with me. That's the problem with vacation is I go on vacation with me. We use a vacation as an escape. And what happens is we find that the same person that went on vacation is it, or was back in our world is on vacation with us. It's not externals. We try to change the externals. You know, and one wise sage said that problems outside reveal problems inside. And so the real risk, the real task is, are you willing to listen to your life? God comes disguised in our life, and, mm-hmm. and we have to be willing to um, go the next level of not just managing life. Brene Brown calls it engineering smallness. So long as we are trying to engineer life that's controlling externals, um, we're still in command. And it's always up to us. When you're naming this achievement thing, I would suggest that that, that thing doesn't go away, right? Mm. Even if it's good things, like the Guys Like Us podcast, right? 
when do you how do you become the kind of person that's actually at peace when you are not achieving and that's the gold of masculine initiation it's not that you aren't intended to achieve but the distinction is you are free to achieve in the service of love and you become the kind of person that's so wholehearted hmm. and so integrated into God's life and his kingdom that you can actually um, dare greatly, take great risks, and failure um, is not the final verdict on who hmm. you are as a man. And so the whole goal is deep, deep excavation. And that was one of the pieces of becoming a king that started it off. Of I was in my 30s, and it was a change of season where – I made a massive shift out of being a young man uh, to getting married and having kids. And a lot of times those are the, the inciting incidents, right? And there's a shift for so many men at that time where fundamentally life becomes – you get kicked out of the center of your story. Mm. Yeah, you get catapulted. You are not even on the edges of your story. When you have a newborn baby, it is not about you anymore. Right When you have a wife that's filled with anxiety and depression, it's not about the honeymoon, and it is not about you, and it's so holy. That's when the real work begins because it causes you to look under the hood. And so that was the shift uh, for hmm. me that really helped me replace exclamation points that I had in my beliefs with question marks and began true kingdom apprenticeship. Hmm. Yeah, that you've kind of shifted into um, your journey in – in writing this, writing this book and, and just as a, as a person and man now, and I know you've, you've been, um, you've mentioned a few, a few folks already, you know, Tozer and Eldridge and Dallas Willard and just some people who have, um, offered up some wisdom and some, some helpful tools to kind of thinking about this, this path of becoming a man and just this spiritual journey. Um, can you kind of and I know you've spent a lot of time with John Eldridge in particular. Can can you walk through maybe um, just h- how that has been impactful for you of having uh, having this mentor figure in in your life, and maybe some of the biggest learnings that you uh, that you didn't expect, but that you're grateful for. Yeah, I think in some ways it started with thirst, and it started with pain. Mm. Um, I'm an intensely curious person. Um, and I'm an avid learner. That's my posture. And, and that intensity has gotten me into hordes of trouble over my life. If I could have given up intensity, I would have a hundred times over. Um, and so as a young man, I was fighting bravely and dying quickly and getting married and starting to lead a worldwide ministry and having young kids. The crucible began. Mm. And what I chose to notice was the check engine light on my dashboard of my soul. It's so easy to ignore the tire pressure light, the check engine light, right? the overheating, low on fuel. But there was enough pain to say the outside of my life doesn't match the inside. Outside, I'm killing it. Outside, people would be jealous of my life. There was a um, lack of correlation between the inside of my soul with the outside of my world. And I began out of pain asking the questions, where do you find life? What is the most important thing? How do we recover our whole heart as a man? How do we become mature? How do we find our calling? What are the pitfalls? And I started asking God. And for two weeks, I fervently asked God and I heard nothing. 
which really looking back just incited my curiosity even more. And then after about two weeks, Mm. as I settled into the depth of the questions, I found myself listening even deeper. And I sensed the father saying something like, I want to speak to you, but Mm. I want to do it through older men. And so here's where we're going to go. Make a list of the oldest men you know, that you trust, that you respect, and start asking the questions. Tyler, I didn't even know what questions to ask, but I started looking at my pain and looking at my longing, and I began to uh, turn to those men. So it started with a with a letter to the oldest man I knew, handwritten, mm. and over time, I began distant correspondence, campfires over a cigar or a pint, phone calls, and having these brilliant conversations with older, wiser men. And it became over 75 men over two years. Mm. And what I found was this um, universal message. It wasn't something new, but it was newly recovered. You know, G.K. Chesterton says, every generation loses the gospel. Mm. And every generation is charged with its recovery. And that's the brilliance of God, is as the gospel's lost and recovered, Hmm. and lost and recovered it stays true it stays in god beyond the personality of any man or any community it's always being purified and what i found was these universal invitations i what i found was jeremiah six sixteen with elders saying son you're at the crossroads look around you find the ancient path hmm. with the ancient stones that leads to life that leads to peace, that leads to rest, that leads to strength restored. You, It is available. And what I found was it's available to everyone, but only a few take it. Only a few say yes. It has always been so. And it was an upside-down kingdom with an mm. upside-down path. What I found to the answer to the most important thing, it wasn't an answer but a path and a process. It was an upside-down kingdom that talked about things like play matters more than we think that there's something about rhythm that's essential to the human experience, that masculinity must not be diminished, it must be restored and strengthened and healed, that there's a boy in the heart of every man and he must be tended to, that the first will become last Mm. and the last will become first, that everyone wants a shortcut, but Jesus says no shortcuts exist. The path of the kingdom is not quick, it's not cheap, It's not easy, but the promise is life, and it is available. And for those that will choose the slow and steady path of inner transformation, the full inheritance that God has of the kingdom is made available, Hmm. that there's a path and a process of becoming, that that the desire set in our hearts to be powerful and to build is from God. That intensity in me is actually from God, but until it's healed, until it's restored, until it's matured over time, it's only in service of the self. And so what I recovered was that path and process, and I sought out as many elders as I could find, and I chose the lowest seat, and for 20 years, much of my life has been hidden. It's been unseen. It's not been on a stage. It's not been out front, but it's been consenting to the path and process of becoming. And now, 20 years later, God, um, in obedience, had led me to capture that message. Mm. It's been it's been in small retreats with leaders around the world for over a decade, but this is the first time to offer it in the form of a book and a video series mm. and an in-depth study guide to help shepherd 
the hearts of like-hearted men with the mission of reach the many to find the few in this generation that want to choose the ancient path. Yeah. And we'll, um, I'll link all the, uh, the, 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 sorry, the, the group videos and the, uh, the study guide and, and just the book at the end of the podcast. Um, one thing I, you touched on and I, has really been kind of weighing on my heart is, um, is that the, the, the first shall become the last and, and taking this position of letting others go before you. Um, and it seems to kind of touch on power in this conception of w- like how men strive to be powerful. And that's just part of kind of deep within our soul of striving for power. Um, and I think part of me is like, you know, I don't want to be powerful, but I also don't want to be weak. And so there's this, right. there's this dance almost of like, how do I kind of navigate in this, in this tension in the middle? If it even is, is, is there kind of, what is yes. the path forward? So how, how have you kind of processed power and, and practically of how you can kind of posture yourself to really experience, um, what, what kind of, I guess, kingdom power looks like? Yeah, it's a, it's a really important question because humility is deeply misunderstood in our culture, especially as we're just in a war of understanding gender and this deep of ambivalence culturally over masculinity. And it's very valid because Dallas Willard said it this way. He said the primary work of God, if we could just back up to 30,000 mm, feet, yeah. the primary work of God is finding men in whom he can entrust his power. And the story of most men is being entrusted with power and it bringing harm to themselves and those under his care. All you have to do after this podcast is search the news, pick the first five articles that come up, and you will find a story of some man that has been entrusted with power. He has not brought good to himself and those under his care. And so power is a very deep um, manifestation of the kingdom of God. The kingdom of God works in power. It moves in power. And the very first invitation to men and women in the gospel was, I invite you to rule, right? We are made in the image of God. And then he says, I give it all to you. You are created to create. Rule over, over all that I've entrusted to your care. Become artists and and leaders and innovators and strategists and administrators and rule over the creation. And most men in their brokenness never get beyond their self. They never become initiated. It's all about self-interest. And so power is essential to consider. And most mm. men are, are deeply ambivalent about power. It's usually omissive where they, um, they're passive. They have relinquished power or – it's commissive where they have aggressively used power, but very few men are able to wield power and love on behalf of others. And so to get to the depth mm-hmm. of your question, when you talk about humility and the lowest seat, what I would suggest is humility. The truest definition of it, as I understand through scriptures, is something – it's a Greek word called ana, and it's strength under rule. It's picture a wild stallion, a horse with deep strength and deep power, but he's not been under rule. And so when he's broken, when he's brought under the care of a kind man who can harness his strength, his strength can be used in service of others. And so taking the lowest seat is actually when the motive is true, 
a very strong and heroic act. It's not passivity and mm. it's not acquiescence. It's actually to rule over your spirit. And that's why it says in the Old Testament, um, it's translated in many translations, mm. better is a patient man a, than a warrior. And it just misses the heart entirely. My, my, the most mm. helpful translation is better is the man who rules over his spirit than a man who conquers cities. In other words, it's one thing to be embodied with power. It's another to have the self-control to rule over that power. And so when Jesus says, take the lowest seat at the table, it flies in the face of the false man in us, the poser in us. But to actually use your strength to say, I do not need to raise myself to the higher seat of honor, Mm. but I will choose to be apprenticed. I will choose to engage in a process. Hmm. I will choose to take the lowest seat, as Jesus modeled, until God makes it impossible to stay there. That's the path of becoming a true king. As Jesus said, to lead with the heart of a servant and to serve with the heart of a king. You know, I've been I've been doing some some Bible study with some some guys in in the we're in the Gospel of John right now, and um, we've been we've been looking at kind of what the uh, the Jewish understanding of what a Messiah would look like, um, and there was people who were expecting that it would be some revolutionary leader that would kind of that would be this powerful person that would overthrow uh, the Roman emperor and just kind of a just be this revolutionary type figure um and, and and time and time again you know you see jesus not exercising that type of authority um but pointing to something much much deeper and much more significant of yes. his connection to the father um and so yes. I, it's just it's really interesting of how sometimes we can really make power to be something that can be um I don't know if worldly is the right word, but like just kind of thinking uh, of just moving systems around or moving some structure around. But it's something that's so much deeper um, and just is so much more connected to our soul than we um, than we. And I think sometimes we just miss we miss um, what that. Yeah, I guess just what power looks like. Um, And I think especially now with culture, that idea of power is is has been has been used in many different ways as you said i think when we look at the headlines it's it's putting somebody down because of how they've abused power um and yes and it's just i think we're called to look at power from a different angle um and i really just have appreciated how you've how you've demonstrated that through scripture here yeah it's so hopeful it's so hopeful tyler and i think in in chapter one of becoming a king and particularly in the video study Mm. of chapter one i really dive into that and i would encourage people to check it out because it really drives to this question of how is your kingdom in other words what you just shared i think the on-ramp for the masculine soul is to ask the question how is your kingdom what have you done with your kingdom and just briefly we all have a kingdom Mm. we all have a realm that's entrusted to our care it's Mm. an area where we have say where what we want done is done. Every one of us chose what we ate for breakfast this morning. Every one of us chose what clothes we chose to put on, what we are going to give our mind to, our body to, right? We have a realm, and that realm was meant to extend and expand over time Mm -hmm. to include 
um, a geography, to include a vehicle perhaps, to include a home, to include a spouse or children or an intimate community, eventually to include perhaps a business or a church or a geography. And so Mm. we all have a realm. And what happens is we end up with more kingdom than we have character. That is to say a wholeheartedness and maturity to rule over it with with integrity and there's hope that we there's always in every moment a door being made available to us a narrow gate to come back to the narrow road it's not a mm-hmm. one time invitation the father is relentless he's the hound dog of heaven and he's always making a door available and so my question mm-hmm. um, for your listeners to consider is as we're wrapping up is if they want to explore these themes more I would encourage them to dive into these resources at Becoming a King. And then there's blogs and podcasts where I've, I've walked with these mentors over years and made that available for free to all of them. But to really pause and ask the question, how is your kingdom? How is that which has been entrusted to your care? And what do you want to do about that? Mm-hmm. And I think that's just where I love to would love to close out. And I think with that, you know, you devote a chapter and some time on becoming good soil, um, not only in the book, but also with your, with your website and some of the work you do. Can you just maybe provide a little bit of an introduction into how you can prepare and become good soil so that when the opportunity comes to, to, to have to have control over whether it's a business, whether it's, you know, a family, whatever that looks like, that we can be well prepared um, in becoming that good soil. Yeah, well, you know, one mentor, I think the kindest thing I could say in this moment is one mentor said, there are really two choices. One is humility, as we're talking about harnessed strength. Hmm. The other is humiliation. But there's not a third choice. And so what I would offer in love is what is it that you want? Humility or humiliation. But in time and over time, you will get one or the other because it's love that's pursuing you. It's love that wants to see you wholehearted. It's love to see you strong and at your post, that women are thriving, children are thriving, masculine friendship is thriving. The world is healing because of the strength of loving powerful, wholehearted masculinity. And so the story of Become Good Soil was the story of choosing to consent to this path and process over time as the centrality of my story. We want to tinker with our interior lives and really let the world be much with us. We want a both-and gospel. We want to bolt on Christianity Like we bolt on uh, in a new acquired company to try to get a bottom bottom line, better ROI. It doesn't work that way. Um, God is woefully jealous as a lover. And so the invitation is all in. Like what is it that you want? And for many men, they have to suffer greatly and lose much to become Mm -hmm. the kind of person that says, I choose to be a kingdom apprentice and that to be the first – Uh, and foremost, orientation of my days. The moments, they are momentary choices like building your garden and doing something with your hands and watching it grow Hmm. and struggling through creating something with God, co-creating something living that either provides beauty 
or provide provides few full few uh, excuse me provides beauty or provides food. I'm so glad you did that. But it's the momentary choices, Tyler, that add up to our days, and our days add up to our decades, and our decades add up to our life, and our life becomes our eternity. And so my invitation boldly for these men is like I did. I chose to give it a decade. I chose a radical risk to quit building and let the energy of my masculine initiation hmm. uh, be the epicenter of my life to make it about God be building me, excavating into building to become the kind of person that in time and over time he can entrust with the care of his kingdom and become good soil is the meeting place, the fellowship of like-hearted men saying, I am all in. I will choose the slow and steady because the ROI on that is better than anything this world offers. Mm -hmm. Well, thank thank you so much. I think this is a great way to end off for today, and um, just have really appreciated the your the apprenticeship and really understanding what that looks like. Um, uh, in Peter Peterson's book uh, about uh, I don't recall the exact title, but it's about long discipleship in a in in a continuum. Yeah, long obedience in the same direction. That's right. Long obedience in the same direction and I just um yeah, I just and I just know that there is a yearning for 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 the for wisdom but not it's not always presented in a way where we're uh we understand kind of what that looks like. And so I just really appreciate some of these practical tips um and also just this period of discernment and just really slowing down um, and hearing from God of how, um, how just to, to move and to be, uh, in the, in this time. So, um, r- r- really thank you for your, your time, uh, on this, on the guys like us podcast and know that guys will, will benefit. Where can we, uh, where can we find you and your latest book, Becoming a King, the path to restoring the heart of a man? Yeah, thanks. It's an honor to be with you. And all of that, there's a beautiful trailer, all the resources I mentioned, the Mm. blogs and podcasts to go slow and steady, really encourage men to work through the video and the study guide because it slows you down and immerses you in this way of life. Um, You can find all that at becomingaking.com. Awesome. Well, thank you. um, And excited for for, for this journey. Awesome. Thanks, Tyler. Great to be with you.